Welcome back to another episode of the Strozzi Football Podcast. I'm Anthony McGuire, and on this week's podcast, we review two sets of uh, SPFL fixtures. Um, we have a quick chat about Rangers versus Bromby. Uh, they're getting their first win in the uh, Europa League, match day three. Um, and we also we're looking at the Matildas. Richard was there, so we've got correspondence on the ground. And we'll also touch on the sad passing of Walter Smith, uh, Rangers and Scotland legend. Um, Richard Tobin, how do we find you on this Thursday morning, bright and early? Bright and early, it's an absolutely beautiful morning in Sydney. Uh, we are three years ahead of you, as you know, so we're seeing the future. Um, and it has been glorious. I've had my coffee. I'm absolutely ready to go. I got, to, I got up early to watch some of the football. Uh, so um, Hibs against Celtic, which was on BN uh, in Australia land. I realised that for our listeners in Scotland, that uh, Sky had decided that they weren't going to cover any of them. But fortunately, being picked up on one of the club feeds uh, and all available uh, online. And I must comment, Livingston against Dundee United, which I'm sure would have been a massive attended game, uh, was 20 quid for the pay-per-view to watch overnight. So, uh, yes, I'm afraid that's maybe a wee bit steep, even for me. Um, but, yeah, I, we'll talk about that later on. But I really think it'd be, be fitting to speak, first of all, about uh, the passing of Walter Smith. Uh, one of the great Rangers managers and perhaps most associated and, and, and most revered as the, the, the leader of a club at the time of Sunnis and so on, when brought some really interesting characters into Scottish football, led Rangers uh, through that nine in a row period before going on to a very distinguished career with Everton and subsequently Scotland. Uh, very sad. I don't think there's anything to add to what was already said by those who knew him well, but I extend the condolences of our group to Walter and his family. I, I think Walter um, was one of those guys that sort of did transcend the Celtic Rangers divide. Um, I kind of feel that you know, you know, the images of him carrying Tommy Burns's coffin um, along with Alan McCoyst and a, a host of Celtic players. I think that image sort of burns in the minds of both sets of fans as sort of uh, a message that there is more to life than football, and that, that you know these guys did know each other off the park and 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 were quite um, you know they were, they, 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 they were pals. Yeah, yeah. you know the, the the rivalry was there. You know they, they did their jobs, but when the jobs were done and and the, the game was over. They could sit and have a wee drink and and, and have a talk about it, and uh, and their families and that sort of were quite 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 close. So, I you know, I, fast forward twenty years, I don't think you'd necessarily see that now, which is obviously quite sad. But you know, back then, like you know, they, they could balance the the hatred and the rivalry and the passion with the um, the fact that you know they were they were good men. So yeah, the rest rest in peace, Walter Smith. Like me putting up with you hearing on about Celtic every week. <laughs> Is that too harsh? What? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you see, I think actors the D United aren't going too bad at the moment. So, yes, I guess, well, I, I guess I that's, sucked that's, it that's a, I, I sucked it up last season when we were rubbish. So, I. <laughs> um, speaking of which, and you know, I, we have we have a very distinguished history ourselves of uh, famously tipping fairly badly but in the weekend just passed and i know that we didn't tip any of the weekend action because we're recording today but um uh, the the uh, the weekend action i think i tipped remarkably well 
I think I picked Aberdeen as coming back from the dead and beating Hibernian 1 0. I even picked the well, score correctly. <laughs> well, I mean, Aberdeen, I mean, um, if, you, if you're obviously just tuning in, obviously the, the big thing will be that Aberdeen drew 2 all. Uh, with Rangers overnight, um, dodgy uh, penalty. Ranger, Rangers gifted a very soft penalty. It has to be said. Uh, fashion, <laughs> Sica- fashion, Sakala almost diving into David Bates, who I still think is a terrible defender. But I don't think he did too much wrong for that penalty. But John Beaton uh, had no hesitation in pointing to the spot. Um, Scott oh, Brown was it, with a was diving it John head, as well. Oh, yeah, diving, yeah, diving header from uh, Scott Brown. Uh, which was like one for the ages, and that, and he even did the Morelos celebration up at the Aberdeen end. So you know, absolute wind up merchant uh, as he as he as he is. And Christian Ramirez, who I think scored overnight, we well, did score overnight. So that's him now four goals in five games because he was also the the match winner for Aberdeen versus Hibs. Um, yeah. So he's. He's just starting to hit, hit the target again, and funnily enough, Aberdeen are, are come good. The the old uh, adage of the old uh, vote of confidence from uh, the, the the chairman um, uh, has uh, has given Stephen Glass the the little bit of oomph and the little bit of um, now to now pick up four points in these last two games. And I won't say everything's rosy in Aberdeen, but you know they're now um, they're only two points. Sorry, uh, three points behind um, Hibs. Hibs, so. yes. Um, and, and there we go. And as, as you said last week, uh, you know the kind of the, the terrible start that Aberdeen have had to the season inverted commas versus the not bad that Hibs are going and like, Hibs have lost. I think that's is that their third on the bounce. Is that their second? Four. That's still four. four. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah gosh. Yeah. Gosh, we clearly got our stats man on this one. Eh? Um, <laughs> but Ramirez got injured last night, and uh, and yes, and I, I the, the kind of coincidence. We're trying not to mix too much into what was going on um, between the weekend and last night, but um, that's the second game in a row where Rangers have been down by a goal and have been awarded the penalty. And if you look at the penalty against the Burn, I think that's another one that VAR would have had a close look at. Um, but yeah, look, it looked fair enough. I think the one that they were given against St. Burn, but certainly the one last night, uh, by all accounts, really ought not to have been. Yeah, that, that Alan Power um, penalty uh, against Rangers, uh, St. Johnson. Um, oh, sorry, not St. Johnson. Um, St. Burn, sorry. Um, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was he did follow him inside the box, and it was a stupid challenge because um, the player Rangers player was actually going away from goal, so it was just yeah, it was it wasn't a very clever clever challenge. I know we are jumping around all over the place here, so but that's okay. Uh, we'll love it. That's, but, that's but what we're, makes we're it just, interesting. We're just uh, we're just doing the uh, we're just doing the talking points because uh, there was obviously things that that managed to catch our eye. But yeah, you're right. Rangers haven't come from behind. In both games, um, the the first goal for St. Martin, um Ronan. Oh, t- t- sorry, Connor, Connor Ronan. Um, absolutely, oh, top drawer. Um, so that got that got St. Martin in front, and then it was just about four minutes of madness. Um, the penalty, and then Alfredo Morales nodding on a James Tavernier cross. Um, I can't remember who the defender was for St. Martin, but all I, all I had to do was clear his lines, get a foot on it, get anything on it, and he just completely missed it. Um, it was a bit of a dipping, dipping cross, and uh, Morales was like, "Thank you very much." So two yards out, and that was actually his hundredth goal at the weekend for Rangers in all competitions. Uh, and then he scored his hundred and first last night. But uh, yeah, things for Rangers just still not quite a hundred percent right. Like they seem to be letting goals in that last season they that are kept out. 
the same have gone back to John McLaughlin again in goals, mm-hmm. um, interestingly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they said Alan McGregor needed a rest on the weekend. We'll read into that, mm-hmm. whatever you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but just not not as solid at the back. And then just up front, just not exactly as killer. Because, yeah, they had some chances against St. Martin. They had some chances against Aberdeen. But not really, that, not really producing that many absolute sort of totally clear-cut chances. So... Yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're, they're trundling along. They're still two points clear at the top of the table, but um, given how you know supposedly how bad Celtic starts the season was, you'd think that you know I don't think they'd be too happy the fact that they're only two points ahead at this point in the season. We'll run back through the games that we've watched over the weekend and, and weekend and midweek action at, to just bring up to speed with the table as it stands. Rangers are top of league 24 points. So they're still clicking, not too badly, uh, although they've dropped a few points more than they would have at this stage last season. Celtic are now second. They're in 22 points, a goal difference of 19. Remember to watch that goal difference. It can be all important. Hearts are in third, 21 points, uh, nine goal difference, and Dundee United at level on points, 21. Uh, and they have got four of a goal difference in Hibs behind them in fifth and sixth. Uh, uh, Hibs and Mullerwell, 15 points apiece. So we're in just behind them. Aberdeen now on 12 uh, in eighth position. Livingston in 11. Uh, St. John's in 10th place on 10 points. Uh, Dundee, as we said, horsed by Ross County. Uh, they are in the penultimate place, having drawn against Hibs. And you, I'm oh, sorry, Hearts, and you picked this beautifully. You said mm-hmm. Hearts are going to hit everything. And they're going to score once and Dundee are going to sneak. Congratulations, Anthony. But if I put the coupon on with all your other tips and I put a pound on that, I would have lost one pound. Well, yes, uh, our good friend Johnny uh, Forrester, good, good friend of the podcast, was sort of saying, oh, what would happen if you put a pound on your uh, tips every week? I said you'd lose a pound, um, or in this case, lose two pounds. But you know, you had a good week this week, so fair enough. Um, but yes, yeah, so this was the one that I did predict. Um, hearts hitting the woodwork, um, just you know, really good goal from John Souter. Um, uh, definitely not a centre-half goal. He sort of struck it home beautifully from about 20-odd yards out. Uh, top corner gave uh, keeper absolutely no chance for that one, but it was a late Jason Cummings glancing header on the 83rd minute, which uh, shared the points and a bit of frustration for Hearts because you know, they, they had the chances there to, to seal the game, but couldn't take it, and that just allows... Well, has allowed Celtic now to sort of slot back into second position. Um, this is for Dundee United at the weekend, the 2 1. Did you see Charlie Mulgrew's goal? Well, I, I, Charlie, I don't know if it was, well, it was last. Charlie Mulgrew, the, um, the always goal, yes, but I don't know where he, was, where he was. He was on the right wing crossing the ball in for the first goal as well. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. but how, what, what? You see him <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> But yes, that was typical uh, Charlie McGrew scrappy, not scrappy, but he, he just managed to get a, a big toe on it and flick, flick, flicked it past uh, um, Liam Kelly for um, for the winner. So uh, Tony Watt with a penalty, um, but not enough for Motherwell. And the United's form sort of rolled rolled on. And then they played Livingston, a one old draw this morning or last night, or depending on where you are in the world. Um and oh, it looks like here that Livingston had a red card on the forty-fifth minute as well. So mm. maybe a little bit, a little bit disappointing that the uh, that Dundee United couldn't get the win there. But in saying that, um, the old Tony Macaroni, 
Yeah. Tony Macaroni is a hard place to <laughs> go and get a win, clearly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm sure. Actually, it's coming around again, so I won't talk about it too soon. But uh, the cycle starts again, Celtic Livingston, I think, this weekend. Uh, but Hearts drop points as well, so that's why, you know, they're level with United. And, and, and I think that it's it's quite interesting at the top. So, it's okay, still first quarter of the season. Just over, just over the first quarter of the season, and it's pretty tight. So three points between the top four sides, uh, and it's nice to see Hearts and Dundee United in there. Perhaps a little unexpected that Hibs aren't there, but they're not far behind. Um, and Aberdeen really are not going to be the races this season. I don't think. I think if they um, achieve mid-table obscurity, they'll have done well. Um, oh, if they get back in, if they really get back into the top six from this point, I think that would be a, that definitely be an achievement. But then that's going to be the sacrifice of obviously one of one of the other teams. Um, it's good to see as well that Ross County obviously picked up a, a massive five 0 win against Dundee. I don't know where that came from uh, last night, but um, they're only a point or drift of uh, Dundee with a better goal difference. Um, and then still, like, St. Johnson's still in touch and distance and Livingston. So, but, you know, it just shows you Livingston got a couple, it's just managed to scrape together about three or four results in the last four or five games. And all of a sudden, on 11 points when they were bottom of the table. So, they yeah. just, it does show you, you just pick up a couple of wins and you just get yourself, you just, just scrape yourself back out of, um, the, you know, the bottom and just sort of drags everyone else in, or, in around you again. Yeah. Um, Ross, Ross County actually quite unlucky in the weekend. Livingston beat them 3-2, but uh, Ross County missed a penalty at 1-0 up um, and then they scored a penalty, make it two each, and then it was a late winner. Um, and Tom Parks, I think, was like five yeah. minutes yeah. ahead of time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, substitute header. And, um, yeah. you know, so I think Ross Trey, they have been chapping at the door a wee bit, but, um, you know, obviously it all just clicked last night, 5 nils, ain't really, yeah. You know, Malky would have probably wanted some of those goals in some of the other games, and you know, but, you know, sometimes yeah. that's just the way. The way it goes. It was one of those managerial sugarly peg moments, you know, kind of looking at that goal game thinking, well, that's a six pointer. And uh, and and whoever um whoever is is beaten in that game, you begin to look at it and go, mm, maybe you might be the first one to get your jotters this season. And uh, James McPate, for all that he got Dundee up and has been very well organised. I don't think they've they've just not been competitive so far this season, other than against Hearts. And I, and I think that's a sugarly peg to get beat 5 not home by your, your kind of closest basement contender. I'll just talk just quickly about Celtic. So they won 2-0 um, against St. Johnson on the weekend, uh, and then they've managed to break a seven-season hoodoo beating Hibs Easter Road. So not even Brendan Rodgers managed to beat um, Hibs Easter Road in his tenure. So quite a quite a big win. I mean, obviously Celtic getting Hibs at not a bad time on the back of three three straight defeats. Um, but I guess the, the 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 word that I would use for Celtic at the moment is control. So they've um, they beat um, St Johnson two 0 at the weekend. They they won in Europe last week two two 0 against um, Fenerbahce Varos, and then against uh, Aberdeen. Uh, sorry, it was Motherwell two 0 before that. It's just a level of control over games like they're they're grinding teams down they're they're creating the chances they're taking the chances and then they're just shutting up shop and they looked looked very defensively solid at the weekend i mean admittedly st johnson didn't really offer too much going forward which is a bit of a shame but chris tain lucky to stay in the park as well we sort of lashed out at um, cameron carter vigils mm. and somehow the referee sort of missed that one but um but that was just like you know it was job done 2-0 yeah move on to the next game and then last night it was for the first half an hour absolute blistering football yeah, goals from uh, 
Ralph Ralston, um, Kyogo, and oh, I can't remember the other one. Kevin Mitchell's, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then that was it. Three 0 half an hour in a game. It, you know, it was it was effectively job done. Um, Hibbs sort of got one back uh, through uh, Ryan Porteous from a corner. Um, uh, I think it's Martin Boyle that scored. Actually, it was Martin it's Boyle. Martin Boyle. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my apologies. I thought. I thought. I, I sort of. I had it was Porteous. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and and you know, and then it was a little bit not say shudderly, like you know, Hibbs did then sort of come into the game, but. Sorry guys, you can't you can't give the opposition a three 0 lead and then go. Oh, we're going to start uh, going to start playing now. So yeah, obviously Jack Ross uh, looked a little bit frustrated on the touchline, but um, Ange uh, bringing on near beat on for Ryan, uh, for Tom Rowich at the start of the second half, and it was just again quite controlled, solid at the back, and saw it, saw it through. And and it's just it's a bit of an evolution because I think when obviously we started watching so at the start of the season and they win six 0 and you're thinking oh my god that's heart attack football it's like end to end and it's just like you know it's blistering and it's good yeah, fun. yeah yeah it's good fun but like they just seem to have just switched a gear here where they're just sort of like able just to ride games out and control them and 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 if you're gonna obviously mount a, a title challenge you're gonna have to do that you can't you can't be rip roaring free scoring all the time like you sometimes just have to ma- manage football matches and um they seem to be doing that at the moment so yeah Very so good. that that, that and the fact that we're they're two points off the top so our final talking points from the last couple of games ryan porteous got booked again uh peter pollock did not get booked at all in the last couple of games uh and alfredo Morelos and his goal celebration at summer and if you watch it closely you'll see that he was one row behind somebody who was eating their pie. So Alfredo Morales almost ended up in a guy's pie when he was having his goal celebration at Superman. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, for next week, actually, I was going to talk a bit about the Matildas. Um, I sent yes. a couple of wee grabs, and we'll try and put it up the, in, uh, on the Twitter later on. Um, but my goodness, it was a rocking atmosphere. Uh, it wasn't a huge crowd. I think it was about 13,000, 14,000 uh, Stadium, which is the western part of Sydney. But this is one of the kind of first sort of, in a promotional tour, if you like, of the Women's World Cup. Highly entertaining, technically excellent women's football. This is the first time I've seen it in real life, I'm embarrassed to admit. Um, uh, the pace is obviously a bit slower than than, than um, top-tier um, male professional football. Um, I would have said it's probably around about the same pace as under 18 to under 21, that kind of pace, but some brilliant technical skills. And Brazil were fabulous. Sometimes you know, getting balls out of corners that you just would not expect them to. So they are tremendous on their feet. And uh, a crowd that, that just sang, played drums, made noise all night. Wonderful atmosphere. Uh, good goal for Sam Kerr. Uh, took it really well. Sam Kerr came over from, I think she's playing, she played for Chelsea. Chelsea, so, Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so she came over for, for the game. Uh, Captain led, led the line very well indeed. Uh, really playing quite deep actually trying to hit Brazil on the, on the, on the counter-attack. And then because they'd beaten them at the weekend, uh, at the same stadium uh, in this other exhibition game. But yeah, all the kind of promotion all starts in the Women's World Cup, which will be in Australia in 2023, and we will be regularly updating. Scotland's women's team, as you're probably aware, uh, beat Hungary uh, last week. They are doing very well in their qualifying campaign, but succumbed to Sweden in a friendly Sweden ranked uh, well above them in the world. Uh, they're number two. Um, uh, Brazil number four in the world, and Australia at number 11 at the moment. 
Um, but yeah, Sweden beating Scotland 2-0, uh, they'll be one of the chief contenders for the Women's World Cup when it eventually arrives on our shores. I think From, that's, um, sorry, I was going to say, Sam, Sam Kerr's now one goal off of Tim Cahill's scoring record for, this, for the Australian um, football team yes. as well. So, yeah. so she's on 49 goals and Tim Cahill managed 50 for uh, the Socceroos. So yeah. uh, she should easily eclipse that record super clear like straight space brilliantly really but yeah against a a very well organized defense and and really create space brilliantly imaginative forward player really brilliant right so this weekend's coming up uh, it's all got quite interesting and tasty at the top of the scottish league and to come back to that uh, we've got some good games ahead and uh, in keeping with our outstanding tipping from last week um aberdeen against hips Oh, sorry, I think it's a heart, a big apartment. <laughs> uh, half of Edinburgh just went, oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> um, look you I, thought it was easy. <laughs> a week ago, you'd be like, yeah, hearts all day long, but hearts have just had a wee bit of a stutter. Uh, Aberdeen have started, well, I wouldn't say found form, but they've, they've gotten a couple of results, um, and you know, you'd say uh, deservedly should- so. I was going to say to you at this point, Anthony, uh, Christian Ramirez had to go off injured last night uh, in the, after the, later on in the Rangers game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, that might change things a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. So I'm going to say Hearts 2-1, if, particularly if Ramirez isn't playing, because I'm just a bit concerned where the goals are going to come from, from Aberdeen, if he's not playing, because he definitely seems to be the... The guy that pops up and he has this—he does this little run off the like from middle to off the back post. He seems to score a lot of his goals mm-hmm. like that. He just sort mm-hmm. of peels off, does it really, really well, and he, he finishes really, really well as well. So, um, if he's not playing, I worry because um, that was another poor game from Lewis Ferguson. I didn't really see much for him in the highlights mm-hmm. against um, against Rangers. Mm-hmm. And he's really you're supposed to be a driving midfielder. Um, so I'm really saying Hearts will get back to winning ways. So I'll say 2 1 Hearts. So yeah, I can't see a big jumbo jet actually uh, filling the shoes of Ramirez, who I think has been most of wise, actually scored most of Aberdeen's goals already this season. Although Scott Brown, interesting, last couple of games he's kind of driving from the midfield again. But yeah, I fancy Hearts. I think they're going to take Aberdeen on this particular Well, Brown, Brown, Brown was actually playing as a centre half last night against Rangers. Yeah. So he dropped, yeah. dropped, dropped, dropped in deep. And to be honest, they need to do something there. Because it obviously wasn't whatever they were doing before wasn't working. So yeah. Celtic at home to Livingston. Ah, uh, I think this will be three or four nil. I think I think Celtic at home against Livingston. I, I think Livingston will, will try and sit in and hit on the counter, but Celtic seem to be in a good place at the moment, and I, I don't see um, I don't see Livingston at home being a being a threat. So I think it's going to be a comfortable, comfortable victory. So we're going to take two 0 Celtic. Jota involved in both goals, and they will park the bus after about fifteen minutes. And I think that's how that's going to go. Dundee United have got an interesting game this weekend. They've got St. Johnson, uh, Tayside Derby. St. Johnson being a wee bit patchy, uh, looking a bit more accomplished than recent weeks, so a bit more like themselves. They've lost Ali McCann. I think that's been a huge loss for them. It's made a big difference. Um, United going pretty steadily. Uh, they've got lots of good performances coming from all over the park. Chano Gru, Giando Fuchs. Uh, your man Niskanen, um, yeah, lots of interesting stuff going on. People have come back from injury and 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 youth abyss uh, performing very well. I actually fancy United to win and win quite well here, maybe even three one. Yeah, I, I think um, getting Charlie Mulgrew back has just obviously 
you know, probably shored up defence a bit for Diddy United. Gives a lot of experience. I think um, Tam Courts has been sort of singing his praises since he's obviously come back to Diddy United. Um, I'm right to say 2 0 Dundee United. I'd, St. Johnson for me aren't really offering much going forward. I know that was in Celtic. Well, obviously, I watched them closely, but I just kind of feel that they're really relying on a set piece or, a, you know, just grab a goal and then sharp shop. And I just think Dundee United will run over the top of them. So 2 0 to. So the Battle of the Rosses next. Ross County against Jack Ross's hapless Hibs, who can buy a win at the moment. Uh, 5-0 for Ross County, which is one of those kind of freak results, I think. Uh, I can't see them scoring five against Hibs. But I can't see them beating them. I, I'm just going to be outrageous here, and I'm going to say three each. Um, and I Hibs will need to throw the kitchen sink at this to get a win, because they need a win. And I think Ross County will just go out all guns blazing because that's what Ross County does. It either comes off or they look foolish. And I, I think it's just going to be one of these real ding-dong goal fests. So I'm ready to say three each. Yeah, I think if Ross County could have Calamity Gene in central defence, that would actually improve things. Um, because they are a disaster. I mean, honestly, it's like, um, they're all the kind of central defender bomb scares that you've ever seen, Ross County, they're right up there. They've got they have their absolutely an accident waiting to happen so I, I agree with you I think probably they, they won't get away without conceding but I think it might be a 3-2 I think they might shade it um, just because Ooh. they have to and I think that this is probably coming on the back of the kind of drubbing of Dundee that'll give them a bit of confidence and hips are all over the place I mean they've kind of gone from looking really pretty tidy to all right what do we do next? You know, the, the, well, Kevin, the... Kevin, Kevin Nisbet has really gone off the boil. Um, like he is, he got dragged last, he got dragged last night against Celtic. Um, he's not, I don't know when the last time he scored, to be honest. So, um, relying a lot on Martin Boyle to get their goals. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Not that yeah, bad. Things, things aren't. Things aren't things aren't rosy, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess if Aberdeen's in to go by, it only takes one result to sort of spark a bit of form again. So we'll see what happens. Samarna playing Dundee. Uh, Samarna, as we spoke about uh, last week, and can I just say again that I picked this score completely correctly. That Samarna had been going quite well, and they, that wonderful goal. Uh, they lost Jamie McGrath, though, who stretched it off uh, against Rangers, and I think he might be out for a little while. I haven't heard any updates on his injury situation. Have you? I haven't. No, and I, no. I, I must admit, well, I saw somebody getting stretched off, and I didn't realise it actually was Jamie McGrath. And yeah. then I wasn't until this morning when I was rewatching the highlights again that I went, "Oh, it was Jamie McGrath." Yeah. Um, um, no, I haven't had anything there. I still think St. Murn will have enough. 1-0, I think Dundee, just a wee bit. Just, just not quite, not, not solid enough at the back. They've got, I think they've got enough going forward, but just seem to, I don't know. I just think St. Murn will, will get, the, get the job done. I think Jamie McPeaks peg is surely. Model against Rangers is a live game. It's on on Sunday. It will be on at 8pmW, 10.10p. So that's 11 o'clock Sydney, uh, Melbourne time. Uh, Model versus Rangers. This is quite tasty. Model have been pretty good this season. Rangers, as we've been saying a couple of times, getting results here and there without really being totally convincing. Um, Patchy performances never seem to all perform at the same time together. This is going to be too each. 
Yeah, well, see, the thing is, this last season, Celtic were always seeming to play on Sunday and, and Rangers would play on Saturday and then they apply the pressure to Celtic to try and win and then Celtic inevitably last season didn't. This season, for some reason, Celtic seem to have all the Saturday games and, the Rain- and Rangers have all the Sunday games. So if Celtic managed to win convincingly on Saturday, that just puts, that means they go a point clear at the top and puts pressure on Rangers then having to respond. So um, I think that that's a leaderboard, or not leaderboard, um, ladder pressure wasn't obviously there last season. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, as far as Motherwell's concerned, they've probably, the last couple of results, probably not been, they've been there, but thereabouts, but just not quite as good as they were maybe a few weeks prior. Um I'd, li- I'd like to say you got a draw last yeah, night, and, and yeah, they, they yeah. were away. I mean, they were two 0 up there, and, and but they were two 0 up though. They were two 0 yes. up though. That, yeah. That's the thing. Like you really, you really need to see that. You need to see that out. Um, I, I, I want to say, <laughs> I think, I think Rangers will get two one. I, I, th- I don't think it will be like it won't. It will be, it will be close. It will be tight. But I think Rangers will just will just shade this one. So I'm going to say two one Rangers. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, they will be one goal behind and will get a soft penalty as they have in the last couple of games. Well, when your when your when your social media team has a pre-made um, tile that says penalty to Rangers, <laughs> um, that kind of says that you might get a few in a season. But anyway, we'll leave we'll leave that one there. We await the arrival of VAR with interest. Your final thoughts of the week, Antonio. Um, I, I saw. I watched a wonderful clip this morning at uh, Sky Sports on Twitter, and it's actually an interview from the New Year's game, 1997, uh, Tommy Burns and uh, Walter Smith. Um, they were both standing side by side, joint interview before the match, um, something you would never see today, like for a month of Sundays, but the two of them just obviously just giving them up, up, team updates, but just the fact that at the end it was, oh, so who's buying the who's buying the drinks after the game today? And Walter says, oh, Tommy got them last time, so it's my it's, 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 it's my round today sort of thing. And that just, I think you just would never see that today. And I just think that even at the time when you're watching that, you pr- it probably never really, it didn't, didn't sink in, but when you go back 20 years and you watch it, you're like, actually, that's just it's quite remarkable, really. So... Um, my final thought is uh, after watching the Matildas the other night and all the kind of Brazilian fans that were there, yes, there are some things that are more important than football, but football is life. And my goodness me, what a brilliant atmosphere. Cannot wait for this World Cup to get here. I think it's going to be a brilliant event. And uh, we're getting a match package for the Brazil team. We're going to follow them and just make some noise with them. And then we'll go to the Scotland games as well and make noise for them too. It'll be an absolute hoot. Anyway, with that, uh, we'll speak to you again in a week or so. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your company, Anthony. Thanks so much for trawling through. And thank you so much for your feedback, people. Um, We'll be speaking again soon. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. Cheers.